Welcome to MotivationAddict.com with Julie Salon. This is where you will find inspiring stories on how to motivate yourself and gain momentum towards success, turning fear into confidence, and how to find divine flow, allowing you to crush your goals. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hey everyone, Julie Salant from Motivation Addict. Thank you so much for being here. I have an awesome show for you today. I am going to be talking with Dr. Cheryl Shire. Uh, she grew up in a creative entrepreneurial family. She managed her own accounting and tax business for over 17 years. And when she became a single parent, she went back to the corporate world as a financial consultant and management. Her experience exposed her to the dark side of wealth as ethics, integrity violations, and illegal behavior were surrounding her, she came out against that. And she wrote a book called Wealth Transformation, Integrity, 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 which became the basis of her long-running TV show, Wake Up with Dr. Cheryl. She has a BS in business administration, MBA in finance, and PhD in financial management and business administration. So today, we're going to talk about wealth transformation, wealth blocks, uh, integrity and really how you can improve your life uh, and surround yourself with integrity driven people and really get your money to work for you. I know you'll enjoy this show. I love talking with Dr. Shire and we'll see you on the inside. Enjoy. Hi everyone. I'm Julie Salat from motivationaddict.com. I am super, super excited today. I have a wonderful guest. I've been uh, so excited that she's come on the show and honored that she's here. Her name is Dr. Cheryl Shire, and I'm looking away because I want to read a little bit of her bio to you. She managed her own accounting and tax business for over 17 years, and she went back to the corporate world as a financial consultant um, and management, and she has a lot of experience um, on the dark side of wealth. Today, we're going to be talking about wealth and ethics, integrity, blocks, lots of good stuff to talk about. Um, so for over seven years, she's had a TV program, Wake Up with Dr. Cheryl, and she has a BS in business administration, MBA in finance, a PhD in financial management and business administration, and an all-around awesome person. So thank you for being here, Dr. Cheryl. I'm so happy you're here. Julie, I'm so excited to be here, too, and thank you. We, I know we connected at the New Media Summit, and I felt that energy just immediately with you. So awesome. thank you for this opportunity. Oh, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm honored that you spent some time with us. I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of what you say today. So can you start out by telling us a little bit about what you do? Well, what do I do? You mean right now or do you want a history or what? I mean, I mean maybe tell us a little bit about your past and then how you transitioned into what, how you're helping clients today. Okay. Um, well, I grew up with my father being an engineer uh, with Boeing, but he was laid off. And when I was 14, he became an entrepreneur. So I got involved with that, which kind of gave me, the, no pun intended because it was the auto business, but the nuts and bolts of business. <laughs> it's not even a business I wanted to stay in, but I was there for probably nine years or so from the age of 14. And then I basically, I went back and I went into banking for four years um, playing that game. I was only 17, 18, 19 years old. And then, um, let's see, I started working for a construction company and I realized, oh my God, I've got to start my own 
business. So when, I don't know how old I was, I guess in my early 20s, I started my own bookkeeping and then it advanced to getting, you know, into um, board meetings and, and, and establishing um, letters of credit and, and lines of credit, et cetera. And I did that for, um, let's see, well, a total of 17 years. But in that time, I got married and I got pregnant and I ended up being a single mom at three months pregnant. And so I did, the, I did my own entrepreneurial thing for a while, but things started shifting in my clients where they wanted to um, like have an in-house uh, person. And I, I decided that's not where I wanted to be. So I actually went back into the corporate environment uh, as a consultant um, and um, management. And being a consultant, I, I saw so much inequity I saw unethical behavior and even illegal behavior. And I didn't, I don't play that game because there's a game you play and you just have to learn how to play it. Anyway, um, I ended up being a whistleblower actually for a huge uh, healthcare organization uh, because their subsidiary was not doing the right thing. But anyway, to go fast forward, um, well, just to, I'll back up a little bit because when I was, old enough to babysit. I was babysitting and saving my money. I had my grandmother always saying to me, save your money, save your money. <laughs> and that, her voice has always been in my head. Yeah. However, I didn't, you know, I came from um, upper middle class society, but my parents weren't that good with money. Um, you know, but I'm glad I, I got the, the initial experience with my dad's business. Um, and so when I went back into the corporate world, um, I, the last position that I was in as a consultant, uh, things were going illegally and I don't play that game. And I came out in an audit. So I tried to very subtly and softly get him to shift his, his mentality and he didn't want anything to do with it. So he ended up firing me. The day I came back from vacation, he fired me. And so I consulted with five lawyers, and they all said, you have a case, you have a case. So I sued, and I won. So that put me on my pivot to writing two books. I have Wealth Transformation is on Amazon, and it's, it's been out. I haven't pushed it, but now's the time to yes. get it. Yes. And so um, I, I have two books, and then I started – after, during that time period, I, I was mentoring or consulting with a, a friend, um, a, a colleague. She's been in media, and she goes, oh, my God, you're so passionate, Cheryl. You need to get out there and, and you know, go get a TV show. So I did. I went and I did everything I could to get my TV show, show going, and it's about the unconscious to raise the awareness and the unconscious around the subconscious mindset around wealth. Now, wealth covers more than just money. And that was the purpose, is that to look at wealth, not just as money, but health, love, you know. I, I mean, I've had 177 shows, and I've every one of my clients or one of my guests are 
they have something really good to share with humanity. So mm-hmm. I feel very blessed about that. And I'm very excited because I've turned all my shows into the audio. So they're getting ready for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Next, next week I go down to San Diego and we're going to launch the podcast. Woo-hoo! All right. <laughs> Good job. Awesome. So that's where I am. And I do, I still do consulting. Um, but I'm expanding now, and I'm very excited, and I'm excited to be on your show. Well, thank you for having, I'm so glad that you're here, because we have so much to talk about. Um, I was telling you a little bit before we started recording that about five, six years ago, I realized what money blocks were. I didn't know that I had money blocks. It was all unconscious, and the wealth mentality and abundance mentality versus the lack mentality. There's a lot to talk about, but let's start out for all the listeners that don't even know what a money block is. Can you explain that a little bit? Uh, oh boy. Um, that's a can of worms. Because, I know. You know, it, it starts with your early programming around money. I was fortunate to have my grandmother saying, save your money, save your money. And I've always been, doing that. However, I had to learn some hard subjects, which I'll talk about later. But, um, you know, like your parents, you know, if they weren't wealthy in their mentality about, you know, money and wealth, then, you know, you hear these comments, and this goes deep in your psyche. Well, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, or, you know, there isn't enough. You yes. know? And I don't even like to have that in my vocabulary. There isn't enough. Mm -hmm. There's always enough. It's just putting things in perspective. And, you know, most people don't have a budget. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking the majority of people don't even want to look at the the majority of people don't even want to talk about money. I mean, it's, and it's, it should be open and flowing. Yeah. You know, and so where you are in today, you know, I always say we, we need to take an inventory of our thoughts and our emotions with money, mm-hmm. with how we spend things. Because I know that the media feeds in, that marketers feed in to spend, 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 buy, 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 buy. And it's like, you know, I turn a lot of them off. I have for years because I don't get caught up in that. Yeah. I know, you know, I'm a pretty practical person. I am very practical and, you know, I, I won't let that seep into my mind. Now, mindset is everything, actually. Mindset. I agree, 100%. You know, it, it, so having a mindset that is wealthy and, you know, fear is only uh, false expectations appearing real. So fear is huge. It's huge. And especially now with what's going on, in our society, on the globe. I mean, I, I don't even like to talk about it because it is just shameful. And anyway, you know, it, yeah. it, but what I realized going back in also into the corporate environment is how there's so much greed. Mm-hmm. Greed, um, you know, the push money, 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 money. And you know what? Our society is out of balance. Yeah. It's, they're just focusing in on money. Where's the quality of life? You know, I mean, this is a huge, huge subject, huge, but 
you know, taking inventory, getting back to the unblocking your resistance to having abundance is taking inventory of your thoughts, write them down, write them down. And you know, if, if your parents guided you in the wrong way, then, you know, forgive them and get, get on, get on with it. You know, right. or whoever your, your mentors were, you know, if they didn't give you the, the reinforcement that you need, um, you know, let it go. But take an inventory of your thoughts and your emotions. I feel like um, so many of us are conditioned to think those thoughts that there's never enough, um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. There's so many of those cliches, but they actually run through your mind all the time. But yet at the same time, this culture right now is all about people buy things on credit. They don't pay for them when they have the money. Um, and so they, we all get into trouble. And we always think that it's going to come from somewhere, somehow it'll balance out. But if you're not talking about it, you're not realizing the thoughts that are going on in your head, the negative ones around money. I mean, I feel like there's just, it's a, it's a big topic, but if you at least start with your feelings, as you said, that's a place where we can begin to understand, okay, this is what, this is what's running through my mind. And I guess um, what I'm trying to say is don't judge yourself too harshly because I did, I judged myself as being a jerk and an idiot for not knowing this, but a lot of this has been conditioned from when you were very, very small from your parents and they got it from their parents, right? Yes, yes, and, and we have the ability and the tools and the information to change that. I know I have. Um, you know, I'm not totally where I want to be financially, but I know that I'm headed towards that way. Right. And, however, you know, it, one step at a time. You know, it takes one baby step sometimes at a time to unlock all that negative I mean, I, I, I have to give credit to um, a philosophy church that I was involved with for uh, over 25 years ago. And I'll never forget what I did. And I think this is a good practice for people that, that get stuck in negative words in their head. Yes. Stuck, you know, like I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever. I, I don't even think that anymore at all. But what I did is... I started, when I started, when I caught myself thinking negative thoughts, and I'm talking about any negative thoughts, I remember at home, I'd scream out loud, stop, because I wanted to change that thought pattern in my mind. I don't, I want it, and I, I don't even want to be around negative people at all. When I, when I listen to what's coming out of their, their mouths, if they're negative, I want to go the opposite direction because that doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, so whatever you can do to, you know, take inventory of your thoughts and your feelings and your actions because spending money can be addictive, you know. I mean, because the media and the uh, marketing, it feeds into that. And, you know, just take inventory of that. And then you can change it, but write it down because then it'll get in your body too. Right. Bodies remember everything. That's one thing I've been learning in the last few years. It's so important to release all that stuff out of your body. Yes, it is. Your mind, your heart, 
and your body. And that's the only way to get an alignment with your mind, body, and spirit is to release it. And you know what? A big component of that is forgiving yourself for mistakes. I had a lot of money problems for a lot of my life. I'm not going to lie. I didn't ever want to even balance or look at my checkbook. Didn't want to talk about it. It was a sore subject because I was always overdrawn. It was a mess. And uh, it made me feel stupid. But the other flip side of that was if I had a bad week at work and I was frustrated and I was traveling and I thought, you know, I deserve something nice, right? We all think like that. And I'd go out and spend it. And it is like a high, like, oh man, I got something awesome today. You feel really good about it. It's like a high, right? And then, then the next day, not so much. The next day you're like, oh crap, I spent too much money. Uh, uh, what do I do now? And so how, how, what are some tips that the listeners could do if they're in that cycle to break that? Maybe one step that they could take. Well, you know, I, I had a, my very first show, I had a retired, and he was pretty young, a retired uh, Barclays investment banker. And the one thing he said, and I have said this so many times, is what can you do without? Yes. Can you do without you know I mean there's other ways to feed yourself you know for rewarding yourself I mean I I'm dealing with rewarding myself by eating wonderful food yeah <laughs> too much yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm working with that <laughs> you know but with with the the money thing you know it's it just you know, stop and take inventory. And what can you do without? And whenever you start feeling, see, or feeling fearful, just remind yourself, this is a false expectation appearing real. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, fear is a huge problem in our society. It really is. It isn't just you. I mean, uh, when I feel fearful, it, it's very short-lived now. Because I've done the work. Yep. I don't spend more than I have. Mm-hmm. Do not spend more than you have. Mm-hmm. You know? And we shouldn't live on credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I am shocked. I don't know what the statistics are today. I should have researched it. But the, re- the, the statistics on how much credit is owed per family is, is like 40000 I, I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know what it is today, but I just am like, why? You know, you pay it off in 30 days. Then right. you, you shouldn't be buying it. Right. You shouldn't be buying it. Don't, you know, indulge. That's too much indulgence. I think the expectations are, though, you know, these dumb iPhones, and I have one, they're, you know, 800, 900 bucks, right? And, you know, people get things because they also... Um, you know, clothing that's designer, they want to look a certain way. They, there is an amount of peer pressure, especially from the women. I feel like there are always other women look at your bag, look at your shoes. They're very judging. Um, I've kind of gotten past that. And I think it's okay to have nice things as long as you can afford it. And it doesn't cut into something that would take away from the things that are most important, like your food, the house that you live in. If, if you know, things that you can't live without, right? You've got to be able to provide for that first. So I think it's a mindset switch of 
thinking, as you said, do I really need this or do I want this? Because, you know, you know what you can do? You can always come back to it. I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. You could see it today and save for it. And then you even have, you know, at that point, you might have something even better. Right. You know? I mean, I, I always shop for the best price. Even when I buy designer clothes, I shop for discounts. No matter what, I, I, everywhere I go, I try to find the best price. You know, I don't like fit that. I don't feel really good consciously spending a hundred percent on something when I know I don't have to, you know, I mean, as far as the price goes, you know? I, I agree. I agree. So, you know, there are ways and it's just education. It's, it's education on how to, uh, you know, first of all, everybody should have a budget. No one likes to even talk about it. I know. I mean, it's the reality is we have to talk about it. If you want, I mean, the multi multi millionaires, they have, they know exactly where their money is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I, I mean, I know exactly where my money is every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm financially, um, you know, that's my background. So I'm always, <laughs> everything is, you know, but it, you know, that's important to, you know, and take, take little steps, you know, I mean, I, I've been through bankruptcy twice in my life. And believe me, being a financial person, that was so humiliating. Mm -hmm. The first time was a divorce. Um, I married the wrong man and he uh, knew, knew how to spend money but he didn't necessarily know how to balance that out. So it cost me a huge amount of money. And then the second time I was, I trusted the wrong person. I trusted the wrong businessman and um, I, I got ripped off. So, you know, the lesson there was I didn't listen to my own intuition. If mm -hmm. I didn't listen to my intuition, I wouldn't have done that. But, but you know, anyway, cast. Let's, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about though, because my husband and I, we've been married over 25 years. So he's, he's the saver and I'm the spender. We are two totally opposite people, uh, in a lot of ways. And we fought a lot about money in the beginning, the first X amount of years because of me and because of my inability to understand, because my father always bailed me out. I'll be honest with you. But if I ever got in trouble financially, he'd help me out. I don't come from an affluent family, but, you know, we were fine. We were doing okay. We always had food on the table. But my father always worked two jobs. My mother always worked. So I have a great work ethic, but I was always taught that nice things are great to have. And I always just kind of felt like if, you know, do it, it's, it the consequences are somebody will bail me out. Well, that's not really true once you're an adult and a big person. Um, but I guess my point is that if there are listeners out there, uh, they say the number one thing that most married, you know, pe married people fight about is money. Yeah, and so, <laughs> what? I've come a long way, right? Because I don't do that anymore, and I'm more transparent because I always held things very secretive. You know, I don't want to talk about it because obviously it's a sore subject. Well, so, what could listeners? How could they help each other if one's a spender and one's a saver? How could they find some common ground? Well. I think the spender needs to look at their emotions and, and look at delayed gratification. 
because today, especially, and I, I see it with millennials, especially, is that they want it now. Yeah. And you know what? That's, it's not healthy. I mean, you know, it depends what, it, I know that's subjective, but, you know, delayed gratification, you know, <clears throat> I, I actually had a couple on my show uh, a few years ago. They had two multi-million dollar businesses and three houses, and they lost the multi-million dollar businesses and two houses. They had one house left. Now, for the, you know, average person, persons, they would have divorced. They, yeah. you know, because I know that the finance, because we don't have the tools, you know, generally speaking, the tools aren't there to work through it. Well, the Bensons worked through it and then some. They, bought, they wrote a book on how to thrive, and they fell in love even more. And wow. I just honor them. I have, actually, they're one of my first podcasts that's coming out because it's such a wonderful example, and they give details, you know, and, and they both have their fear and their insecurities, but because they put the relationship first, yeah, it worked out, you know, because right. when you're open – when you're open and you've been married for tw over 20 years, yep. you know, there's a give and take and there's, you've got to keep your mind open. You know? Right. Absolutely. Right. Open to change. And open to tools because tools are really necessary to get to where you want to go. So the delaying of the gratification is one thing. And like I said, you can always save for it. It'll always be there. Probably most of these things don't go away. Um, and the other part of that is learning how to balance your checkbook. I know that sounds so simple, but for me personally, I didn't even want to look at that thing because when you're overdrawn and you have creditors calling you every day, it is the worst place to be. It's so uncomfortable and you, you panic. And then the fear gets even bigger because now you're like, holy cow, like, what am I going to do now? I mean, I'm sure you've had clients that you've helped through that. Um, well, and myself. <laughs> yeah. I do know. And it's taken me, you know, several years to get to the point where I am today. But it's because I always kept my eye on my goal. And, you know, thinking positive, and you're not alone. You're not alone. There are so many people that are suffering out there financially i mean especially in the area where i live i live just north of san francisco and san francisco now is like the i mean it's absurd for one bedroom it was like four thousand a month it's absurd crazy but the tech industry has driven it up yeah and, you know a lot of them can't can't do it anymore you know and so it's it's being realistic it's being practical and you know, if you have emotional issues around money, honey, you've got you to gotta heal it. You've got to look at it. You've got to, you know, recognize it and not be in denial. And then if you write things down, you know, baby steps. You don't have right. to do it all at once, you know. Right. This is part of loving yourself unconditionally. Right. Not judging yourself. Right. Going forward, okay, this is the situation, and I've got to deal with it, okay? Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, the fact that I was ripped off, and I, I won't even tell you all the stuff that came down. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And I got sick, you know, yeah. physically I got sick because it was just so overwhelming. Yeah. And I did have a good support system that I could fall back on, not financially, but at least I she helped me have a roof over my head because I, I didn't have a roof over my head. Wow. I mean, and, and, you know, so, I, I mean, I've been through it. I, I was in my first, my, my, my first bankruptcy, it was with my husband. And basically, I only had six cents to my name. Yeah. I was in Las Vegas having, I was starting a business. And, you know, he majorly, uh, well, it didn't work out. So I, I was stuck. But I had friends. And I fortunately had some things that I could sell because I was, I was six cents and I got down on my hands and knees and I cried and I asked God to help me. Yeah. That's yeah. all I could do because I yep. was at the bottom, at the bottom. Yeah. So, you know, I, hopefully anybody that's listening won't have to go through that. Right, right. But, the truth is you need to mentally and emotionally look at your situation in a realistic. And even if you have a partner, you know, if you do have a partner, then have your partner sit down with you. And if your partner is a saver, then, you know, let him help you, let him help you. Or, you know, maybe that communication isn't there, or if it is, then get outside help, you know, have somebody help you. I feel like you need to forgive yourself. I need to forgive myself because I made so many mistakes for so long. And I, that made me feel like I was a terrible person because I didn't get it. And why don't other people, why does everyone else get it but me? And like you said, you do feel alone. And, and you know what else? You feel ashamed because it's, um, it's, you think you should, you should be able to have this by now. I'm an adult. Like, what's wrong with me? And so all of that fear and shame just kind of builds up. And I, I do think you're right. And we need to talk about it. You need to write your feelings down around some of these issues that come up. But also, people need to be taught. We don't teach this stuff in school. People, I, I think we should. It's a huge, huge part of your whole life. That was one of my goals because I have taught some uh, a class in elementary school. <clears throat> one of my goals was to get it, the curriculum into public schools. Yeah. No one's talking about it until it's too late. Right. Know? And so, you know, again, taking baby steps. Get out of denial. Write it down. You know, if you don't want to share it with anybody at first until you're okay with it, write it down. Write it down, you know. I, I spent too much money and now I owe blah, 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 and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. So, you know... It, you just need to talk about it and not be in denial. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. What are your feelings on a budget? If somebody does those, does what you say and they write it down, they're in denial, but now they've forgiven themselves and they say, okay, this is where I'm at. I know I need to change and I will change, but it's a process, right? Yes. Um, yes. How can they cut back without it feeling so dramatic and impactful? In terms of saying, well, maybe I need to put myself on a budget. Well, finding another avenue to reward, reward yourself. 
you know, switching your mental, your mental, your mindfulness, switching it to, oh, okay, this is one thing I learned through Deepak Chopra, is you can switch your mindset to, you know, to another direction. You know, what's your creative outlook? What's yours? What do you like doing? This Me? I love to ride my horse. I love to write. Okay. All that fun stuff. You know, another way for you is to go ride your horse. You know, divert, divert your attention from spending money to be doing an art project, to doing sewing, to do cooking, to yeah. do something that, you know, that you're putting your energy into instead of that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very simple concept but it's not always easy because it depends how deep your financial or your your emotion is towards that you know that trigger in money i mean there's a lot of layers to this as you know that the listeners might not know it's and it goes deep because you've learned this from when you were very very small and it's a learned behavior but that's a good thing because that means you can learn to undo it unlearn it Unlearn it and learn new tactics. And that's why I, I said, you know, a little while ago, it's important to take inventory of your thoughts. Yeah. And yes. Your actions, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions around money. Yeah. And when you can see it in, a, in the truth, then you can change it. Let's talk about this because I just thought of this. Here's a, here's a big one. Money is the root of all evil, which, as you probably know, is not the original full quote, but that's all that people remember. Um, and then people think money is evil. Money is really just a tool, right? It's energy. It's an exchange. In fact, I, in my book, which is Wealth Transformation, I have the history of money in there and how, you know, it was bartering. Actually, the very first exchange was bartering. And, and a lot of people have gotten back to that, too. Yes. I mean, yeah. of, you know, because of what's going on in our, our globe financially, and I don't even want to talk about what's going on. Oh, my God. It's too stressful. Exhausting. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, I still come back to money's not evil. It's the emotional, mental, mindful, mindfulness that we put towards the money. I mean, that's why we're, that we're in the state that we're in. Right. Because greed, money, 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 money. You know, it's that being in love with money. It's the people's attitude is evil towards money. Right. Money is evil. It's just an exchange. And here's the other, here's the other part of that for creatives, especially healers, writers, speakers, uh, artists, entrepreneurs, they think that their money, that they're not, they don't put a big value on what they do, even though what they do is so important because they've got this vow that, you know, they should not charge a lot because it's unethical. But the truth is, if you want to help other people to the fullest potential, you need to have, you need to be full too, right? Your cup needs to be full. Absolutely. So how can you help somebody if you don't have your tank full? That's right. That's exactly. And that is literal and also figuratively speaking. Yes. Um, you know, that, that is a great uh, perspective because um, 
you know, I've had to deal with that myself, you know, with the value. I mean, really, how much is it worth? It's what you put, the worth that you put on it and that someone will pay. Right. I, I say, you know, I I think I'm worth a thousand dollars an hour. I yep. don't even want to put that, you know, limit on myself. But right. you know, we're human. <laughs> so um, you know, so it's like, okay, so it's stretching it's stretching your mindset around that. You know, value yourself. We need to value ourselves so much more than what society is is supporting us with absolutely absolutely now let's talk i i um i just wrote about this in a blog post and it's called the success waterline are you familiar with that i'm sure you are the water line? Yes. yeah so basically in a nutshell everyone has a success and a financial waterline a place where you feel comfortable with a certain amount of money putting out your worth to the world whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working the nine to five I'm just going to pick a number. Let's just pretend it's $1,000 a week. Let's just pretend. So let's just say you want to go to the next level in your life and you go out of your comfort zone and you, you want to make uh, $3,000 uh, a week instead of $1,000. So what you've been doing will not get you to that $3,000 mark, but you'll go out of your comfort zone. You'll try something new. And then what happens is a lot of times people get self, they self-sabotage. I did this for years because they don't understand that that financial and success waterline is in your mind and your body and it wants to keep you safe and therefore you're going to self-sabotage yourself and come back to that thousand dollar waterline and that is your ego it's if you want to get down to the bottom line it's your ego because your ego wants control um and if it doesn't have control it's almost in, it's it's um, inferior. You know, it doesn't want to feel inferior. But when you have your spiritual, mental mindfulness, it doesn't matter. Right, right. Because I found that the spiritual drives if you, it drives so much of what I do, and I think what you do when you're going to give. When I wake up in the morning and I think, who can I help today? How can I give? Who can I serve? versus I'm going to get some money today. Who can I get some money from? And you know, you see it in all the videos. It's all people talk about. You see it everywhere you look. It's all about greed. And as you said, getting more and more and more. You got to have the best car, the biggest house, all this junk. It's so stupid. I mean, but it's easy to say, and it's hard sometimes to break out of that. But I found that that simple thought of I'm going to serve, who can I help today? So simple. It might just be buying somebody a bagel. I mean, it's just really easy stuff. Pay it, right? forward. Pay it forward. You know, um, what I do first thing in the morning is I give gratitude. Me too. That is my mantra. Is the very first thing, you know, I pray, I meditate, and I do my mantra. Me too. Yep. Gratitude. And, and then I can give freely. Right. When it's the right situation. Which is beautiful because gratitude raises your vibration faster than anything else. Love. Love, gratitude. 
And there's so much to be grateful for. You can just be grateful for the people in your life. It doesn't have to be, you know, you might have a sucky job, but you can be happy for your health. And for, if you just look around, I found, I used to be one of those people who got up in the morning, talk about mindsets. And I'd be like, oh, first of all, I'm overtired. This day's going to suck. I'm going to have to get through traffic. This is all before I even, you know, brush my teeth. So if you're thinking along those lines, by the time you get to work, you're already in the mind frame of everything's going to stink, right? Versus getting up and saying, I say now every day, today's going to be an awesome day. I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be awesome. And it may, it sounds at first, even after all this time, it sounds a little bit hokey and I do have a little resistance, but it's like a muscle. And the more that you say it, make it a mantra every day, the stronger it becomes. And it does change your whole mindset around how to help others, right? Absolutely. And it does take discipline. It takes discipline to do that and, and repetition, repetition, repetition. I don't know. I, I started writing a book about being stubborn. Humans are stubborn. Very. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What, what is it? You know, the primal brain, the primitive dinosaur brain gets, you know, I mean, everybody's built differently, you know, in their, the way their attributes show up. Um, but you know, it takes discipline to change something. I mean, the, what the learning that I have done is it takes about 30 days of repetition, repetition every day to change a habit. You know, and, and I don't know if that's true with everybody. I don't necessarily think it is because some people can change faster than that. Some mm -hmm. can take longer than that. So, but it's repetition. <laughs> And I think, I think you can use that for when you set a budget for yourself and you could start very small and think, well, you know, if I say I go to Starbucks every day and I get something there and it's $4, let's just pretend that we have a lot of credit and we're in the hole um, and we're in that place that's not fun. If you said to yourself, I want to start, I am where I am. I accept that. I want to change it what would be the best baby step that they could take to begin that process of building up their wealth, which would build up their mindset and positivity. And what can I do without? Mm -hmm. What can I do without? Can I do without that Starbucks? I mean, I, I go, I go right to the heart of things. I mean, that's just who I am. And <clears throat> I found out some things about Starbucks and I, I don't even patronize them, but mm. I don't drink coffee anymore. So. I don't drink coffee either. I just made it like a, like a but yeah. I was so, thinking maybe they could take that money, even if it's only $4 and start putting it away as a experience. Put it in a jar, put it in the bank, put it somewhere and it'll accumulate pretty darn fast. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the week, if they're spending 20, you know, $30 a week, I mean, put that away. Yeah. And that, I think that'll be the, the fastest way to elevate your motivation and your mindset is to watch that grow. Yeah. Because it's, it's progressive, you know. We're all we're working, in, we're all progressively working, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> what I'm trying yeah. to say. So, it, you know, if we do that, because you need to see some positive reaction. Yes. A response, not reaction, but response to that. Yes, yes. So baby steps, you know? 
And and it's true. I mean, I, I listened to the, the ad on Pandora and they said, well, you're spending four or five dollars for coffee at Starbucks and you could be putting this into Pandora and not have any any advertising. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. It's another approach. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, listen to music. I mean, there's so many. It's finding your own muse. Right. Find your muse, what, what makes you feel good, and then just keep doing it. And, and that all applies to everything in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you found, and this is going to sound like an off-the-wall question, but have you found that working out helps people with their mindset? Because I have. I found that not even, you know, like in search of the perfect body, I'm talking about the discipline of going every day or every other day, being on a schedule and how that helps me clear out the cobwebs somehow gets my neurons and my brain firing. It seems to make everything more positive for me. Have you found that? Oh my God. Well, let me tell you, I, when I was 30, I had two ruptured discs and I was working for myself and I had to crawl on the floor crawl to the bathroom. I had to have my neighbor, I had to crawl to her car to take me to emergency. And I, anyway, I got through it, of course, but I was fearful and in pain at that point. And, you know, it's, uh, once I got through that, it was like, okay, I made it. This is another milestone. Yeah. milestone you know give your yourself credit for each time you're doing something even if it's just one day without starbucks coffee or pizza or whatever coffee yes. you know one day it's like okay my reward is i'm putting that in the bank i'm putting yes. that in my my safe or wherever you store your money yes you know? that that it's it's baby steps baby steps and then before you know it you will be taking larger steps towards the mindfulness because it's all mindfulness it's It's all mindfulness and that's what i'm teaching this year is all mindfulness and being present that's what the horses help me with too they do that better than anybody they're the master teachers they're just i mean they're just uh amazing and i give them so much credit because that's what they do and and they just help humans and it's not just with ptsd and um autism and it's it's with being mindful and only with that self-awareness and being able to be present and kind of accepting where you are. Because for so many years, I was in denial. I didn't even want to talk about it. If you don't even want to talk about it, how can you even get to the root of it? As you said, you can't. That's, you can't. that's the key. Yeah. able to not be in denial. You know, I always say that medical doctors, they're masters of denial. Oh, they are. <laughs> Sorry, doctors, you're not all like that. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's changing your mindfulness, and it's not that difficult. But you've got to have the intention to change. Yes. The intention to change and then just take baby steps. Yes, yes, every day, every day. I throw all my, I throw all my change. You know, when I go to the store, I get change. I throw it all in a big bin. And I'm telling you, within like a month or a month and a half, I have like 30 or 40 bucks in there. Sometimes I even had 60 bucks. Just lose change. Yeah. Well, so it does add up. It's, it's, you know, it's baby steps. Definitely. That get you to the long-term goals. I feel like, I feel like you went through some painful experiences, but that puts you 
in a really great place to help other people who are going through that. Because only if you've gone through bankruptcy can you say, I know this landscape really well, and I know I can get you out of this. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's it just takes intention to heal. Mm-hmm. And if you have the intention, then you can do it. But like I said, it just takes baby steps. Mm-hmm. I think journaling, I did journaling for a long time. I still do when I have a, 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 a compelling dream. I, I write my dreams down. Oh, yeah, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't journal every day like I did for so many t- years um, because it helps you sort through. Um, but getting back to working out, I, I, I had two ruptured discs and I made a, a pact with myself that I would exercise for the rest of my life. And I, in the last six months, four, four, four five months, um, I did gain some weight and I wasn't doing the exercise like I normally do because of, well, I ended up driving for Uber and because so I could get guests for my show. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I met oh, a tremendous amount of people and people in high places. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't exercising. So I've had this hip, hip flexor issue because I got in a bike accident about four or five years ago, and I don't think I totally healed it. But getting back to exercise, I bought myself a recumbent bike, and I'm doing up to 10, 12 miles a day. Wow. Because it releases endorphins. Yeah, it does. It's so good for our chemistry, and if you're trying to lose weight, or even just maintain, because of the chemical reaction that goes on in your your body and your brain yeah it's so important yeah it's huge i'm probably doing it more than the average person because i'm i have a goal i mean i and i'm doing it um but it's it's so important to have you know balance right right it's like that that the mind body spirit balance if you can do the gratitude in the morning and then you are throughout the day doing those baby steps that you talked about. And then also combine that with working out. And it could be something fun. I mean, you could play volleyball with a friend. There's so many fun things you can do. You can take spinning classes, whatever you like. That's that mind-body-spirit alignment that puts you in the perfect place to receive great things, right? I'm laughing because I just started um, last week. Um, have you ever heard of pickleball? Yes, I have. I have not seen it, but everybody loves it. I played it last year with an older friend of mine, and I really thought it was so much fun. I mean, you can't help but laugh and have fun. So there's a pickleball um, gym. It's not too far from here. So I went there last week. It was pouring down rain. But I was tired. I'd done 10 miles on my bike, and I just thought, oh, I'll just go check it out. Well, I'm going to go back and do the pickleball because it's (laughs) That's cool. So, you know, to do things that are fun, you know, life isn't all drudge. No, it's not supposed to be. It's mindset, you know. I mean, like 
I haven't done my taxes yet, but I'm going to be doing them this weekend. And I'm, I just put all my energy into it and I get them done and then file them. You know, yeah. I, mean, I do not like filing late because I, I don't either. IRS any excuse no. to come and audit me because they can go back from the year that you file, they can go back three years and, and longer if you're um, an entrepreneur. So anyway. Just no, I love that. I love that mind, body, spirit thing. And I've had people that have told me they've fallen in love with this pickleball. I haven't seen it yet, but they've explained it to me. But I guess I'll have to video it on on YouTube. But they're telling me it's so fun. It's amazing. It's it's like playing tennis with a paddle paddle uh, paddle and a ball that has holes in it. I mean, it's funny. Aww. <laughs> But anyway, you know, that's that's just one thing, you know. And the weather, well, it's supposed to be getting nicer, but it keeps raining. Let's see, you're in Connecticut, right? No, I'm in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, okay. Yep. I used to live in Connecticut, but I escaped because I couldn't take the cold anymore. So okay. it's, it's pretty decent here now. I think it's going to be 75 or 80 in the next couple of days. And it's like 65 now, so it's really nice. Well, we've had 140-plus uh, inches of rain here. I'm in just north of San Francisco. I mean, we've had so much rain and two years ago we had over 200%. So I don't, you know, and that's a whole nother subject. I've had, I've had five shows on geoengineering and 5G because that's what's causing all this. Wow. Modification. Anyway, that's a whole nother subject. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Well, I love having you on my show. I can't thank you enough. You've given some really valuable tips. Where can people find you on the web? Oh, well, www.cherylshire.com, and it's C-H-E-R-Y-L-S as in Sam, C-H-E-U-R-E-R.com. And they can also go to Wake Up With Dr. Cheryl on YouTube to see those. And if they get on my website, you go down to the lower left corner, put your information in, and I will, for the cost of, of well, I think it's $7.95, I will send you my first book called Wealth Transformation. Oh, perfect. Awesome. That's I'm going to have, I'm, awesome. I'm going to have all the links below so people can click on the links. What do you have coming up over the next couple of months in terms, do you have any, are you offering personal coaching or workshops? What do you have going on? Well, <clears throat> I am in the process of, of actually getting two courses, online courses. Okay. And because I've gotten involved with the new media summit and I'm also in the icon maker, uh, next week I go down to San Diego and we're going to launch my podcast. Yes. 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 I'm awesome. Excited. And the thing, see, the thing is, is I'm all ready for that because I already have 177 shows that I can put on the podcast, but in the interim, I will interview, like I'll interview you. Yeah. Yes. And um, so I'm doing that. And I mean, I'm just holding on to the brass ring right now (laughs) because I'm excited for what's coming about and getting out. And I've been pushing Kelly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like I'm like the racehorse that's behind the gate, and, and I'm just waiting for that gate to open. Yes, this new 
you know, new endeavor that's happening. And it's very exciting because, you know, I've been preparing myself for seven years or almost seven years for my TV show. Yes. I've had some absolutely wonderful guests, you know, international guests and some, uh, I've had historical guests on. So, you know, I'm very excited to get this launched. And yes, I will do coaching. I do, I do coaching. Um, so yes, I'm open to, to that as well. It's going to be fabulous. I know it's going to be great. I think it's going to be very successful. And you're lucky because you've got all this content that you can put there. So that's that's perfect. It's like a perfect marriage at the right time. It's amazing. Well, it's it's timely for me because I've been working really hard. Yeah. And, you know, being a producer and a host, you know, and and getting the guests, you know, and everything. I mean, I I just feel blessed. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. And it's so great because the, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen and you don't have to worry about the outcome. It'll happen, but just being grateful that you are where you are. And it's just, as you said, it's just one step at a time, just one step at a time. One you know? step at a time and that's what for everybody. You yeah. Know? And love yourself unconditionally. And what yeah. that means is stop judging, stop criticizing and just hold yourself in that love light. Mm hmm you know, we don't get it enough. You know? No, we don't. We don't. We don't do it ourselves. That's, That's an important tool. If you can give that to yourself, so much will change for you. I truly believe that. And it, it starts out with baby steps, like you said. But if you can just begin that process, everything shifts. Yes, it does. It so. does. Well, thank you for being here. I love talking with you. I love your energy. I just think you have so much to offer and I'm, I'm so happy. I can't wait to see some of the successes that you're going to have this year. So thank you for being, I really appreciate it. Really, thank you so much. And especially having the opportunity to be on your show. Bless thank you. you. Thank you. Yay. All right. Well, thank you. You guys can find Dr. Cheryl Sh Shire, correct? Shire. All her links are below. So please feel free to visit her website get her book because I think there's a lot there. We only skimmed the surface. We only had an hour and we just touched on some of the wonderful opportunities that she'll give you to really change your mindset around wealth, around money, kind of make it fun for yourself, not a chore and all the great things will happen for you. So thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.